0: Thank you, Amanda. Hello everybody, good to see you here. Thank you for coming. My name is Anna and uh, I'm going to lead you through the next hour. And even though I have had nothing to do with Welt Hungerhilfe so far, um, I think it's no coincidence that I'm standing here today. I myself work as an organizational coach. So one of my main topics actually is digital innovations in organizations. I have founded an organization myself dealing with tech for good and one of the main questions that uh, drives me in my work is how can we design technology that actually really serves our higher purpose as a humanity. And I know from my background that it's not always that easy to bring together organizations and the tech heavy mindset that has evolved around it, but I think that this exactly is the answer to my question. I think we need to bridge worlds. We need to bring together established um, organizations that have been born long before the internet and the tech savvy digital mindset around them. And why do we have to do that? Because we need the experience and the expertise in the field of the organizations and their networks, their money, their structures. And on the other hand, we need this digital mindset that can drive innovation further. And it's not an easy task. So Welthungerhilfe has done exactly that. And that's why I'm very, very honored to be here today. Um, Welthungerhilfe has actually developed two uh, concrete apps to fight hunger in the world. We're going to speak about them in a moment. And um, as I learned yesterday, this is not the end, but only the beginning of a road uh, for digital innovation that the organization is going to undertake in the following years. But um, before we dive into uh, this digital uh, aspects of um, uh, developmental work, I would like to show you a clip that shows uh, the core mission and the core work of Welthungerhilfe still today. Thank you. So, you might have guessed it, our panelists uh, have traveled a long way. Please give a warm applause to Sweta Banerjee from India. Sweta, welcome on stage. Please have a seat. Thank you for being here. Tavanda Hove from Zimbabwe. And Markus Matiaschek from Würzburg. (laughs) Maybe you want to sit here and leave me a space in the middle. So in my introduction, I have spoken about bridging worlds and you three are actually the outcome of that attempt. Um, Both of you work for Welthungerhilfe but in very different fields. Uh, Sveta, you're a nutrition uh, specialist in India. Uh, Tawanda, you work as ICT4D um, communication officer in Zimbabwe and you are not really uh, working only for Welthungerhilfe but as a part-time software uh, architect, IT IT architect. What was the term?
1: Uh, uh, IT, solution architect. IT solution
0: architect, exactly. So um, uh, you all met at an innovation hub actually organized by Welthungerhilfe in India. And the aim of this innovation hub was to come up with solutions to fight the hunger and the digital, uh, to fight uh, the hunger. So, Tawanda, I would like to start with you um, as an ICT communication officer. Why, did, why is it even um, important for an organization like Welt Hilfe to think digital when it comes to something as, um, I would say, existential as hunger?
2: Uh, thank you. I think fundamentally what, we, fundamentally, fundamentally what we have to understand is that To fight hunger and poverty with the population, with the booming populations, especially in sub-Saharan Africa and Asia, you you, you need quick ways of um, fighting or coming up with solutions. So being innovative and using digital technologies which are rapidly spreading enable us, give us the tools to actually reach reach out a greater population with the right knowledge and right tools in a timeless manner.
0: Yeah, so it's actually about scaling up your work um, in uh, in the preparation for this panel. I was told that your big mission, uh, Zero Hunger by 2030, is maybe not even reachable without digital uh, solutions. Sveta, um, what is the, the situation, the nutritional situation for children in India uh, right now?
3: Thank you, Anna. Um, India is... A Growing economy and it's a huge country, but along with its growing GDP, uh, we have uh, we are the home for nearly one third of the world's uh, malnourished children. And out of these, uh, half of them are less than three years of age. So it is a huge issue in India that uh, we have a large um, number of children who are stunted, that is less height for their age. Children who are wasted, they have less weight for their height. And of course, there are more children who are uh, less weight for their age. Mm-hmm. So these three categories plus we also have high rates of anemia. Mm-hmm. So in India we are in uh, we are really now with sitting with a lot of malnutrition and the future of India depends upon its labor force and these children grow up uh, to be uh, with less capacity so they uh, are ab- not able to earn more as they grow so they get into a cycle of poverty and malnutrition and this is kind of an unending process.
0: Mm-hmm. You actually hosted this uh, innovation hub in in your office in, in uh, India, and um, one of the prototypes that you developed during that workshop yeah. um, was is child growth monitor so I think it would be a good time Karina to uh, show us the um, clip Yeah, wow. I'm uh, deeply saddened by these images. I'm, I'm really glad, actually, that it ends on a on a happy note, um, because otherwise, I find it difficult to directly uh, speak about all these meta topics again. Um, I actually think we should all take a moment to to acknowledge uh, the hunger in the world and the realities around us while we are sitting in this conference room, uh, well fed, um, and see that there's. All these realities around us that are so different from ours here in Germany. Um, Sveta, what actually do you do to tackle the problem? I mean, how do you even fight
3: malnutrition?
0: Where do you start?
3: Well, Tungar Hilfe in India works on uh, food and nutrition security. And uh, uh, we, uh, our guiding principle is helping people to help themselves. So basically, it is supporting the civil society so that they are able to take care of their problems, whether it is the uh, continuous uh, situation of malnutrition and poverty, or it is an emergency situation, or there's a natural ca- calamity, Um, Whatever it is, they should be able to come back to their normal um, conditions and take care of their lives. So that is the uh, principle on which we work. And um, we do it through a two-prong strategy. One is working directly with the community, uh, helping the civil society through behavior change, through livelihood development, to skill development. And uh, the other side is um, working at the national level with policy uh, advocacy, uh, networking, and sharing of experience so that um, uh, people have access to land, their right to land, their right to forest, natural resources, right to food and nutrition, and also uh, mainstream agroecology and uh, small uh, farmer um, uh, farming systems. Mm -hmm. So that is, these are the two areas we work in and all our projects are uh, uh, designed around these. Mm -hmm. And and so in what ways will this app uh, help you with your work? Uh, when when we try to uh, look at uh, food security, nutrition security, one of the most important indicators is the nutritional status. That mm-hmm. that is the ultimate outcome. So, with all the interventions that we do, if we can change the nutritional status of the uh, child in the family, uh, then we know that our efforts have been successful. Mm-hmm. So, it is it is a very important indicator. Mm-hmm.
0: And with this app, have you already tested it on, in the field actually?
3: Um, we have uh, just started uh, trying it out. Um, uh, we uh, have done it a, in a slum in Mumbai, mm-hmm. uh, where we have uh, measured um, the children and uh, used the app. And uh, yes, um, uh, and we plan to do it on a, very, uh, on a larger population of children, but right now we did it with a few children.
0: Okay. okay. Yeah, thank you. Markus, you actually uh, uh, developed um, this uh, child growth monitor. Um, on the technical side, how how does the, the app work?
1: Um, yes, so the app uh, uses at the moment special hardware, uh, huh. special smartphones. They have sensors um, that we know from the Microsoft Kinect that you used on the Xbox to play games. Mm-hmm. Or the Apple's Face ID, which is uh, I think pretty well known. So there are basically uh, the light emitting uh, source and we get 3D data from the sensors. So from the camera, we not only get the normal video, but also 3D data in, uh, in meter the information. Okay. Yeah. We use this information to then estimate the height, um, the weight, and we were also working on the head circumference and the middle upper arm circumference uh, to extract out of this data to do the automatic measurement of anthropometric data.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and in what process of development are you right now? When will it be ready for use? Uh, how long does it take to develop such an such an app?
1: Yeah, so we started in um, we started with the idea. We we created the idea in the innovation factory about uh, a year ago. No, it was July last year. And um, we have done a lot of prototyping, learned a lot of things. I think uh, the learning process is is very important to understand the needs of the people who are then actually using it and understand what is usable, what is not usable, how do we get good results. And so we are now at the stage where we have good version to collect data and um, we are building the machine learning system to do the measurements uh, that we can do now manually in the data we, that to automate them and uh, even yeah, make them more accurate so we will have a minimum, vi- minimum viable product by the end of August.
0: Mm-hmm. So as I said earlier, um, bridging worlds can sometimes be be complicated. Um, Welthugerhilfe is uh, also very, it's donation based uh, for a big part. So, uh, it might have a, a, a bigger interest in really creating solutions that work, that you know you can predict success. Uh, it's not that much this trial and error mindset, maybe. So, what were the challenges that you um, uh, have seen while working together and developing this and putting it and bringing it to the ground? whoever wants to take the question
1: from the technical point of view it was uh, when you go into the slums uh, in mumbai uh, this is multi-story uh, buildings uh, constructions uh, illegal constructions I, swear I can tell more about this but uh, under these tin roofs you don't get good mobile um, mobile cell network reception so there is hardly any internet so f- Offline first is, is a is a challenge, of mm-hmm, course, mm-hmm. to make it work in these areas, also maybe in the rural areas in India where we are going.
0: So and I suppose this is a general challenge when it comes uh, to ICT4D yeah. To, yeah. to deal with these issues. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly, and at the moment, and also what's uh, we did it with the with the women from the mother-child care center who then will be actually using the app, so mm-hmm. the the usability. Um, is is a, a challenge, and um, also the bigger challenge is the children uh, we are measuring are below five because the first thousand days are most important, mm-hmm. and the they a lot of them just don't listen very well, <laughs> so they, they you could see in the end of the video they spin around they do uh, they just have fun, and uh, which is very nice, and we don't. What
0: would they actually need to do? What they have to be still, or how?
1: Uh, so that's what we we don't want. So we want to overcome this, that, uh, this current state of measurement where we have to push the children down or hold them in a position and measure them with two people. We want to do the measurement in a more natural way mm-hmm. and more like taking a video or scanning a QR code. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, this, so the usability is uh, of course interesting. And the whole machine learning thing is uh, deep learning, machine learning thing is, is quite innovative. Mm-hmm. We're working with 3D point clouds which are used in autonomous driving at the moment mostly. Uh, there are more and more applications, but of course the innovation in it is, uh, is also a challenge. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And how did the people, from a people perspective, how did they react when you tried out uh,
3: the application for the first time? Was it well accepted? Mm-hmm um uh, i think uh, they they were very happy because when we do anthropometry it is really a kind of torture to the children mm-hmm. so and so anthropometry when, is it the general term for everything for everything so for even our, digital solution would be anthropometry okay. yeah okay mm-hmm. so uh, when we are trying to uh, weigh them or take their lengths and heights and uh, things like that so, uh, or the Bedam uh, circumference so children don't like like it mm-hmm. at all so and, and when they are crying and protesting, it is really difficult for a worker to take the accurate measurements. Mm-hmm. So I think um, uh, me and the others who enumerators who were there were very happy that we didn't have to do such a thing with the children. Mm-hmm. They were happy, and we could let them do be free and not uh, be touching them and holding them. And mm-hmm. you know, so that way, everyone was happy. And it was it is a very fast process. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we spent about uh, twenty five to 30 minutes with mm-hmm. one child trying to take all the measurements and of, and the regulations are you have to take twice each measurement so it, it's a tedious process so uh-huh. this become, makes it more simple and fast
0: Okay, great, great. And my last question concerning child growth monitor for the moment would be, um, how do you um, uh, tackle this question of sensitive data consent? Uh, how do you deal with that? I imagine that this also is, especially when it comes to children, is a, is a question that you will have asked yourself.
1: Yeah. Yes. yes, so, I mean, this is medical data that we are collecting from the children, most vulnerable people and it's very important I think to know that this data belongs to the children and um, the government in India they they, they commission this nutrition service so they get access to to the results to data that's um, they, they want to relieve the situation but the in general the data from my point of view belongs to the children and it is important to do this um, to, to collect the data in a secure manner and to give them full control so they get um, QR code from us where they can, the parents or later the children can delete their data at any time mm-hmm. and we are obviously also uh, complying with uh, European German and Indian uh, laws so um, we feel that from the privacy side and the, uh, this, w- we are um, on a good, good way
0: Mm -hmm. Did you actually, uh, just thinking about it, did you actually have best practices uh, when you started to develop this app or uh, did you just start from scratch and said, okay, we're going to, uh, we have this idea, we're going to do this now and uh, we're just going to start it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm familiar with the development practices and with developing IT solutions. That's yeah. uh, So, but there's a lot of innovation going on, and um, it was a a lot of trying and and Mm -hmm. seeing what would work, and also from the side of the project, I think, right?
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, we. we were a little uh, worried about how the weight would come, so that that is something we had to learn uh, new. That there are other ways of uh, that being can happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, otherwise, um, uh, I think it was um, like uh, our requ- If our requirements are met, we are fine with it. So okay. <laughs> great, yeah. Okay, um, you actually, during this innovation hub, you developed
0: another idea, um, AgriShare, uh, which we are going to look uh, um, to see in a moment. And Tawanda, you are uh, rolling out the project in Zimbabwe. So please let's have a look at AgriShare. Um, Great. Yes, I I like to look at your face while you're watching the video, you look very, uh, very happy with the project. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I learned yesterday that you actually won a pitch in in November in Munich, Uh, so now you have the possibility to develop it further. Um, so we have seen in the clip that the annual income is 600 US uh, dollars, whereas a tractor costs 30,000, which is a huge uh, gap. It sounds like a massive problem. What actually is the situation of farmers in the ground? What is? What are the common challenges that farmers have to deal with in Zimbabwe?
2: Okay, so to answer that, I'll give a bit of background of sub-Saharan Africa in general. It's a it's a big disappointing paradox in the sense that. Globally, we have the most arable land, we have very good weather, we have, uh, rain distribution is fairly good, but the challenge is that um, productivity is very low, uh-huh. yields are very low, and Zimbabwe is no exception. We, we, we find ourselves in a situation whereby smallholder farmers who could potentially produce like five tons of the stable, which is maize, I think this part of the world, you call it corn, producing something like 0.8 tons hectare, mm-hmm. So that presents now a serious challenge for hunger and poverty because it means that they are not even able to feed themselves until the next agricultural season. So if there's a drought, it then spills over now to that leading out to, to hunger and poverty. Now, secondly, it also means low income. If they produce less, it means more is dedicated towards consumption and less is available for market selling. So you now have this big divide between the haves and have-nots, and the majority are the poor. Mm-hmm. So if you, with persistent climate change, uh, weather patterns changing and so forth, you find farmers are currently in a situation whereby they are producing little, earning little, and subjected to poverty.
0: Mm-hmm. And how can this app uh, really help them to uh, to change their production?
2: Okay, so uh, this app is sort of like similar to Airbnb or an yeah. Uber for tractors, processing equipment. Uh, the, the whole objective is to address the fundamental problem I, I mentioned for sub-Sahara, which is low productivity. Uh, what inspires low productivity in, in most of sub-Sahara Africa, including Zimbabwe, are primarily two things. Number one, the lack of information. Then number two, uh, the lack of the tools or the levels of mechanization. You know, when I come here, you know, I'm shocked to discover that all agricultural production is mechanized. There are tractors, there are combined harvesters, there are boom sprayers. But we don't have that. Mm-hmm. You, you find a situation maybe that maybe it's just one in every 80 farmers or 100 uh, has a tractor or has a, a proper till and so forth. So what agriculture is trying to do is to try to create a shared economy where we maximize utilization mm-hmm. of the assets within the area. We have government-owned assets and we have what we call commercial farmers. They are fewer than the smallholder farmers. But the good things with those commercial farmers is that they do have the equipment. Now you have a weird situation whereby this commercial farmer only uses I'll use the example of a tractor for only three months in a potential twelve months. But there are so many crops you can be grown throughout the year. So what we're saying is that through agriculture, this farmer who has his assets, can, is the asset or has the tractor, can rent out his tractor and make money off-field without even doing farming produce. But at the same time, there's also a plus for the smallholder farmer. Like you said, his annual income is $600, but the tractor costs $30,000. Mm-hmm. He cannot afford to buy the tractor. That's a fact. But what he can afford to do is to hire mm-hmm. that tractor for $80 to perform one hectare. So it's creating a shared economy with economic incentive, making a win-win situation for both.
0: And have you already tried it out? So how is the acceptance of this? And even maybe, um, let's take a step back. Um, I remember from my travels to Africa, I haven't been as far south, but uh, I remember that I was surprised to see that really everybody had a cell phone, uh, maybe even two. <laughs> um, I don't remember seeing that many smartphones. Uh, how, how, how is the relationship? Is, the, is it a big hope for you in developmental context to use smartphones really to, uh, to, to increase productivity? Or how do you deal with that? Does everybody have a smartphone, or how do you?
2: Okay, so I I I will answer in two. The first question: Does everybody have a smartphone? In the in the raw areas, the answer is no. A smartphone penetration is 20 percent, and although mobile penetration is as high as 90 yeah. percent, almost every household there's a you know what we call that feature or dumb phone. They 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 have that. So. Mm-hmm. What we intend to do, or the, 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 the structuring of agriculture, is that a farmer who has a smartphone can hire a, the tractor for themselves, mm-hmm. or they can also hire for a neighbor, mm-hmm. or even a group. They are sort of cooperatives. It's a general trend in Africa by people exist in cooperative settings. So what, the, the business model, or the, the, the way to structure it is such that even though you don't have access to a smartphone, you can still access the service.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And... Um I believe that you have been working on an app that is a little bit similar to uh, to AgriShare. Uh, what are the changes now that you have made with AgriShare? Why? How come? Can you tell us a little bit more about that background? Because you're really you're not new in the field uh, of ICT4D. You have been working a lot to uh, to make this happen.
2: Okay, so. As well to Nga we we try to address the immediate and urgent needs which are within the communities we serve, and I'll speak with specific regards to Zimbabwe. I, I spoke that generally our agriculture has two problems, low productivity and low, low return on the investment made by the farmers. Mm-hmm. So. What AgriShare seeks to address is the productivity. How can we move our smallholders from averaging 0.8 tons per hectare to the, to the national potential which has been stated by the Minister of Agriculture, which is 5 tons per hectare. So agriculture deals with that, the processing and all the equipment that goes to production and processing. However, the second innovation, or which was actually the first, mm-hmm. called Kurimamari, that now focuses on the other end of the value chain, which is the marketing side. Mm-hmm. And I was saying a farmer can grow fair and fine, but do they know where to market. Do okay. they know the requirements of the market? So, Kurimamari is a market linkages application. It educates farmers uh, about the requirements of the market and just tells them about the various options of crops they can grow. Mm-hmm. It's it, it surprising when I got here, there were fries which were being sold from sweet potatoes. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, uh, where do these come from? And the, the lady was tells me, most likely they're imported. But the funny thing is that uh, our farmers back home in Africa, even our government don't know that Germany consumes that. Mm-hmm. So, Kurimamari tries to you know, expose uh-huh. all those opportunities which farmers can take advantage of.
0: And Kurimamari is already out in the market, right? Is it already used?
2: Yes, it's already used. Um, in terms of what we call primary installations, both an in on- and offline installation uh, from the two and a half years, which has been operational, I think we're now over 10,000 users and we are growing these are primary if a person shares it like i share it to you we don't record that we only share what we only record what veltunga has installed or ministry of agriculture has installed to farmers so our population is 12 million We have a long way to go but we're already seeing very good signs which can uh, give us a platform to actually scale up not only in zimbabwe but also in neighboring zambia possibly malawi and other mm-hmm. countries
0: okay mm-hmm. um I have another question that probably goes to to all of you especially you too um, what is the the challenge in working with digital innovations in your respective um, countries I imagine that we have spoken about yeah smartphone availability and all this uh, internet no internet uh, what about um, mindsets uh, how how do the people accept this new way of working. It's not always easy. I mean, all of us, if we have done things this way the whole time, it's not that easy to reach that shift. I think this is a major problem for all of us at the moment. How do you deal with that? How do you propagate your products? How do do you inform about them? Maybe Sveta, you go first.
3: For India, I would say uh, the government of India is already now moving towards a digital India. Uh, phones are available to everyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, People have learned to download various apps and using them. So it it will not be so difficult to come up with uh, something uh, like this. And even um, the the Department of Women and Child Development who deals with the nutrition of children, they have already introduced uh, information and communication technology in uh, collecting easy uh, ways of collecting data and uh, um, the storage of data and also analysis. So they have already this is a World Bank supported project to the government of India who have uh, started uh, working on uh, smartphones at the um, um, village level. So the um, uh, Grassroot workers uh, who do the uh, growth monitoring at the villages are already getting introduced to it. So they they many of them have their own phones and they are also now getting these Mm -hmm. uh, phones with special softwares to collect information so uh, I think um, there may be an issue of uh, training uh, people to understand but this uh, app is quite simple so the training also won't be a very complicated Mm -hmm. thing yeah it's just the scanning the child so it doesn't have anything more to it Uh, so I don't think it's a problem at all okay Mm -hmm.
0: yeah good yeah. It's, it's it's important to keep that in mind when you develop to to have something really simple um that 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 really scales up your work and is useful for you when you do it huh? how is it in in, in your uh, situation
2: yeah i think pretty similar to sweat up what i can just add is that you know uh, as a development organization, we, we've realized the need of be, being a smart organization. And I, what I mean by that is that uh, we've realized we can't do everything alone. So we need to build an ecosystem which allows um, the people to get access to these tools without even our involvement. So just like she said, one of the key areas or key focuses which we now have in Zimbabwe is to identify what you call multipliers. Even though we have the Child Growth Monitor, agri all those wonderful innovations, for them to go to as many people, we target multipliers and we empower them mm-hmm. in terms of the knowledge of moving. You spoke about behavioral change, about the resistance to change. People have been doing things in one over a period of time if you can change the, those multipliers' mindsets like government, ministries, you know, community champions, volunteers, and so forth, they are the ones who go out there and evangelize and teach everybody. So you have a funny situation in Africa whereby there's a particular opinion leader in a village. If he starts growing a particular crop, everyone follows. Mm-hmm. So if he adopts a new technology, everyone follows. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of approach we're trying to have in, in, in terms of overcoming that behavioral, behavioral change whereby people are traditionally used mm-hmm. to doing things in a certain way.
0: Okay, but how do you reach out to them? I mean, you cannot go to each and every one of them and speak to them directly. How how do you do it?
2: Okay, so I I will start. There the, are the, the three levels in which you, you you do this engagement. There is uh, the public sector, corporate sector, and 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 fellow NGO peers. So what we do with the government sectors, we, we we target provincial and district heads. Now, we give them a blueprint to say that, okay, these are problems as a country. Not even what we've identified as voltunga These are problems as a country. This is the work you are doing. Here are certain innovations or technologies which will help us to move towards that shared goal because we're fighting the same thing. Mm-hmm. We're all fighting hunger and poverty. Course, yeah. So once we have a formal, like what S- Swera was talking about, having trainings and so forth, we sit down with them, share the vision, share the roadmap. We then come up with a partnership in which we say, Okay, so for these districts, this is how many people want to reach out. Can we then leverage on your staff? Because government staff in any country, they are well-spread. They are the ones who then go and champion the innovations and speak about them. When you go to private sector now... They're selling their products. They say, you know what? For example, Kourimama Marriage is a marketing app. You can actually put list of your contacts on our application and the market gets to know you. Mm-hmm. Then as such, they also begin talking about your app to so say that if you want to know how to grow this crop, refer to this app. If you want to contact us, there's an e-directory within mm-hmm. this app. So at the end of the day, you create so many conversations talking about the same thing. That then helps you scale up and spread out to other areas. Then NGOs are just meeting a common forum for NGOs.
0: Great. Thank you.
3: Yeah, please, please. Um, this is, um, I went to a village and uh, we keep asking, talking to the women about uh, changes. So in India, um, home delivery is a big problem. Women have deliver at home and um, they are not able to go to hospitals. So the government of India does a lot of uh, promotion on increasing the institution delivery, uh, in the, the ambulance services to pick them up. But it's so remote in certain places that it is quite a challenge but still the place i visited their institution delivery had increased enormously so i asked the women uh, why has this happened what change is it knowledge i was expecting more of uh, you know the um, um, the service uh, has improved or uh, the knowledge has increased but they said no because we have cell phones mm-hmm. so now we can uh, connect directly and get uh, higher Vehicles and take our um, women to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So it is very important now yeah. for. Uh, right. yeah. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Markus, from uh, the
0: development point of view, um, yesterday you told me that uh, actually this is the first project of this sort that you're working on, right?
1: Yeah, so in, uh, I've not been in development before. I have some personal experience uh, from. Um, developing countries but this is very uh, a very new um, experience for me to work with an NGO to work with uh, such a level of transparency and collaboration between the NGOs, the people who are trying to solve the same problems as Tawanda said, mm-hmm. like hunger and poverty and uh, it's an amazing, very re- rewarding experience mm-hmm. actually so we need to bring the it uh, world mm-hmm. and the uh, sustainable development together to uh, develop solutions yeah like this. so this is why the belt hungerhilfe also has a github organization we're doing the child growth monitor as a gpl v3 open source mm-hmm. software which is very important also i think in the context of the machine learning of uh, people are uh, Sometimes uh, they are scared a bit of uh, artificial neural networks, and they have some reason to do, do so when when these solutions are not democratized, when you cannot change the algorithms, when you cannot see what the algorithms are doing, and when the humans are left out of the decision process. So I think it's very important to bring people from these worlds together to work on solutions.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a good point, as uh, as I said before. Too, um, it's not only the development of these two or more uh, great apps. Um, it's only as. St- start from what I understood and as you really want to innovate further and maybe even create some sort of a structure that can help you um, move as a big organization in this digital sphere. What are your next steps concerning this idea or this innovation road? Uh, whomever wants to take the question. I,
1: I think it's important to develop a community um, and Yeah, bring people together. Talk about the problems that uh, the challenges they are facing. Because what the IT people can bring to the table is, uh, is uh, maybe some. mostly IT experience, in my case at least, yeah, and uh, um, w- without knowing the problem, learning about the problem, you can't do purposeful solutions. And uh, on the other hand, um, it is very valuable for uh, in the development area to, to have these solutions because the lack of information is at the root of a lot of the problems that the, the people and vulnerable people are, are facing.
2: Mm-hmm. Please. Oh, I, I just wanted to add that what, what's been very important and will increasingly be important going into the future is breaking barriers for innovation. I think, as well to Ngaiofa, we're going in a direction whereby we're, we're trying to break down the walls in which I, the ideas come from. Like I am from Zimbabwe, but I actually am contributing to, towards the global conversation in terms of uh, creating innovations and so forth. So it, it even has to go beyond that. We, we need to get to a stage whereby there is an existing... Ecosystem and platform whereby people can engage, not necessarily only for Alpha stuff, but anyone who has an idea. Mm-hmm. In Africa, so many young people have, have solutions for the challenges which exist, but where to take them now? That, that's where it's unknown. Who supports them? Who listens to them? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I see us occupying that space in the near future.
0: Mm-hmm. What, what would you need the Republica public for, for instance? Um, I know that uh, Weltunger, has, for example, right now has uh, several one or several open job uh, positions in the innovation field. Um, uh, you told me yesterday that you are currently looking for um, developers of all sorts um, so uh, this is your stage. You can actually formulate everything you need right now uh, and be listened to
1: yeah um, we at least for for the child growth monitor uh, we we could need help. In all areas, I think we make it easy to get into it. We have a workshop later on in the, um, in the makerspace indoor at 1:45 uh, p.m., where uh, we have I have some brought some devices for development, and uh, we can show you the app, show you our work, um, get your hands on it, and uh, maybe even find people that are interested and in, uh, help us build the solutions because. The more people help the faster we will get it done hopefully
0: and what sort of people would you need
1: Um, app developers people in with experience in it and uh, with machine learning and yeah co-maintainers that also foster the community on github and uh, do documentation and really all kinds kinds of things back-end developers like, we're on the whole spectrum. It is from an IT perspective, it's fantastic project. <laughs> it's a lot of fun and, um, yeah, very rewarding. So, um, I can only, yeah, like, are there any such
0: people in the room? <laughs> if there are, please stand understand? up so we can see.
1: IT people, like the IT guys, they really yeah. like to stand Nobody's, up in front of nobody a Nobody standing
0: up. <laughs> <laughs> one in the back. Okay, so please join us at the at the makerspace right after uh, this um, panel. Did you want to say something? I, I, because I was turning.
2: Oh, Okay, well, for us, one of the things I've observed is that, especially in terms of apps and um, solving problems using such tools, is that they do solve a problem, but at times, there's not much thought which goes in making them sustainable from a business sense. Mm-hmm. was Votunga Yofa would not would not always be there in Zimbabwe. The, the, the idea is to make itself obsolete by eradicating hunger. So we, we, we need partners who can help us in terms of business model design how to make sure that okay agriculture will be there we said it's an uber for agriculture and and so forth but how can we make sure that the business model is precisely fitting the context of the countries in which we are targeting in order that it's sustainable it runs itself Mm -hmm. yeah then second if there are people who do have an interest or have got access to mechanization and so forth yeah we could do with uh, assistance in terms of improving the, 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 the the tools basis or the equipment basis back home
3: Okay, great. Yeah, I would like to say something which is a bit different, but uh, um, India is um, a country which we say which has the uh, double burden of malnutrition because obesity is also growing. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, one section of the population who are extremely, extremely well-off, very rich um, uh, families, and um, the uh, nearly 14% um, 14 to 20% of the population is now becoming obese. So this app is just not for under nutrition. It mm-hmm. also helps mothers to keep a constant track on the growth of the child. So it doesn't really need anybody to come and do it for you. You have it on your phone and you check your child's status. Mm-hmm. So that way it it has a very big uh, market and uh, um, it can be used by uh, all sections of the society. Okay. So I yeah. see it is a big Because it is always, uh, uh, any problem can be solved if it is detected at the right Uh time. So obesity is also adding to the non-communicable disease load in the country. Mm -hmm. As it is, the country has to bear with subsidized food creating jobs, uh, pensions, and other things. On top of it, if the health uh, health system is burdened with um, heart disease, diabetes, and other non-communicable, so I think this is an uh, um, innovation that will be useful for all sections of the society. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, great. Great. Fascin- I'm
0: always very fascinated at what you can really do when you um, when you design tech for good um, and would really wish to have more initiatives like that. Um, I would like to leave some time for questions in a moment. So maybe one final question for all of you concerning your higher mission. Um, uh, outside of these apps that we have spoken about, what are you currently dreaming about? What is your... Uh, maybe a big vision for for the future in your countries? It's a big question, I know.
3: Yeah, for me, I think um, if, uh, like I said, uh, the government of India is already in uh, into um, information communication technology in a big way, and uh, they have already started in eight states with support from uh, World Bank to uh, use a common application software through which the they are collecting data on the children and doing analysis. So, if we can convince the government to include this uh, child growth monitoring app Mm -hmm. into their uh, software so that will be a big uh, thing because the platform is already there so this Mm -hmm. is I feel if as soon as we can do this advocacy and
0: prove. it it would give you a really big push yeah in that domain okay yeah great good luck with that thank you
2: yeah well for me um, it's it's in response to the needs that they're back home. You know, knowledge is power. Information is power. So one observation I've personally made is that a lot of farmers don't have a business mentality. So I want to create an e-learning tool in which, okay, they may not be able to go to business school or have the money or the time or the opportunity. But if we can create innovative ways of educating them from a business and say that okay you're a farmer but you're also a businessman mm-hmm. do farming as a business mm-hmm. this is how you go about business strategy so mm-hmm. that's the v- i even figured that out how it will be but mm-hmm. that's the idea i have yeah that's e-learning for agriculture
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that sounds very very uh, very useful i think also here in germany we could use some e-learning on other t- other things but yeah um M- bridge the gap, uh, the knowledge gap. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And uh, Marcos, you do you have some kind of uh, maybe some kind of crazy IT idea that would you li- that you would like to work on or?
1: Yeah, I have ideas all the time, but my hands <laughs> full at the moment. So really, I think um, the what is very important to me personally is the democratization of the technology, mm-hmm. make it available for everyone and let everyone participate. I think it's uh, very important going into the future and building democratic uh, systems and the common goal I think is zero hunger by 2030. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a fantastic uh, goal and uh, we are hard at work. <laughs>
0: Do you think you will reach it? Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: We want to help a little, at least.
3: It's
0: difficult. It is very difficult. <laughs> yeah. So one of the pressing, uh, biggest challenges. So. so I would like to give you the room for questions. Um, so please, uh, hands up. Uh, so we can. Well, we cannot see you, but um, Amanda can see you and bring you the microphone. I think. Are there any questions in the room over there?
4: Hi. Thanks a lot for your very interesting talk and the insights. Um, I've got a question concerning, well, first of all, I think the AgriShare app is super cool. I'm a farmer's (sighs) daughter. My dad um, told me about the little cooperative they had in their village to buy one, what is it called, Medresha? I don't know. Huge machine. (laughs) And all the issues they had. (laughs) So, um, really cool app. Uh, I take it that this app was developed in, in Zimbabwe, right? That you, you did it?
2: Yes, well, the, we're an innovation team, so Zimbabwe is one of the pilot countries, mm-hmm. but the intention is to eventually scale out to other countries if we are successful in Zimbabwe.
4: Yeah, no, but I, um, I really like that it was developed locally, and I wanted to ask the, um, uh, the healthcare, what was child monitor. Um, I got the impression that it was more developed in Germany, And I wanted to ask if if you did it collaboratively um, with uh, ICT NGOs or experts in India. And also you mentioned GitHub before. Very interesting. If you're planning to, um, if that is going to be an open GitHub for people where you just put the code open and people can share it, work on it, spread it. Thanks.
1: Yes. So, I am the... The source code is on GitHub. is uh, is published already under the gplv 3 license, and we encourage everyone to collaborate. And we are looking into collaborations with uh, technology partners in India. I also think it is important to be where the, the problem is. But this is a global problem, really, and I'm sitting in Würzburg and <laughs> doing uh, quite yeah quite a lot of uh, of the work. So so you could say it's it's basically built in in Germany, which has also the USP, of course, of the data protection laws. Um, and uh, we use freelancers from around the world, so it's not not only built in. It's really a global, I think, a global challenge, and we are trying to build a global solution for it.
0: Beautiful. Any other questions? Hands up, please. No questions. There's two hands. <laughs> Please. <Okay>. Hi. <laughs> um,
4: also for the child monitor, I have a question. Um, so, if um, malnutrition is detected, um, what is the next step? I mean, does these, is this app connected somehow to um, Other data systems, um, does it uh, apply uh, that people are um, included in your programs um, of Welthungerhilfe? yeah what is what is following after malnutrition is detected with
3: this app yeah, as uh, as long as it's being used by weltunger hilfe yes uh, it will help us to do the baseline screening but uh, i feel uh, it should go up to the government because the government of india has the largest uh, nutrition program in the world so if the government can use it it can do better planning budgeting and also which is what is important is usually we have all are uh, planning and budgeting based on national level surveys which gives a very average idea of the uh, what we need, India being a big country we need uh, local information and local solutions so when uh, the uh, grassroot workers start collecting uh, authentic data at their level then probably the solutions to that, why the, a child in one part of India is malnourished is very different to why uh, a child in another part of India is malnourished so we can't have very generalized uh, strategies in the country so I think um, here when the data is very local the solutions will be local instead of depending on um, you know large-scale national family health surveys uh, we can uh, plan better I'm talking about the government can plan better at local level and um, funding can be more decentralized
0: I'm interested, are there um, any other people here working for NGOs, organizations or in the uh, field of development cooperation? If so, please stand up. Maybe you are more eager to stand up than the IT architects. So, yeah, there I see uh, several people standing up. Um, as you said before, Taiwan knowledge is power, so I would ask you, uh, whomever wants to answer the question, if you maybe have an advice for uh, organizations on the road to digital innovation Um, as I know that really it's not that easy to start with it especially here in Germany I can see it in my work there is a big will to innovate but then there are structures that make it very difficult to really go this road so what would be your advice to to organizations who who certainly because we all do want to uh, transform digitally what would be your advice
3: i would say that uh, once um, for especially for this child growth monitoring app once uh, we come to a kind of um, uh, complete the uh, work on the app uh, it is it would be available free i guess uh, and could download and people more people use it uh, the more uh, we get to know how well it works and okay. um, uh, it will develop more mm-hmm. so um, I always feel that uh, especially in India, there are a number of organizations working on uh, nutrition and mm-hmm. food security, so if gradually everyone starts using it, yeah it will become better and stronger so open sourcing
0: and sharing.
2: Uh, Tawanda, what were yours? I was about to say the exact same thing. (laughs) I I think it's all about breaking the barriers within the innovation process. If it means involving the cleaners in the innovation process, let's do that. I think a lot of good ideas are killed and lost because of structure. Mm -hmm. So the the, the less we create, the the more we break down the bureaucratic structures and just have one big can whereby we just dump in all our ideas and somebody can uh, process them, evaluate them and so forth. We'll, yeah, we'll be innovative in a much faster sense. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you have anything to add? No. Okay. We have the time to take one more question, maybe, if there is one.
4: I'm willing to share the last question. But it's actually quite simple. One. But what's the next step in both projects? How are you moving onwards?
1: Yeah. So for the child growth monitor, um, it is, of course. The concluding the pilot uh, project that we're doing in India now, collect uh, data there, and have the the solution ready, where we really can give it into the hands of uh, other people, other projects, like scale it to 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 the to whole India, scale it also to other countries, to um, yeah. Get people started working there, so this is uh, I, uh, the next step. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: for AgriShare, we'll be opening a tender or issue uh, announcing a tender for developing the app. Then we intend to pilot the business model within the second half, half of the year, which will be uh, Zimbabwe summer season when farmers are actually now getting into the field. So we're testing the business model.
0: Great, thank you. There's a. Uh, more room for question. M- one more question now. Otherwise, please come meet up at. Uh, there is a question. Yeah, you have to give people time. That's really the secret. Uh, give people time, and then they will ask. Please.
2: It's great that I have the honor to uh, come up with the last question. And usually, it's an important question for NGOs in Germany, talking about development of an application. Um seems to be like a huge process in terms of cost personal cost in terms of skills development but also the development of the application could you say something about this I mean don't don't go into specifics but how many days do you need to develop the application how much training is needed or something like that for us to maybe take this opportunity to bring it to, back to organizations thank you
0: great question thank you
1: yeah I think it's Really, software development nowadays agile process where you um, build one iteration of the other, and so it 's hard to answer. I think you need a innovation team working on these kind of solutions, and it's really depends a lot on how complex the solution is and uh, what kind of solution you're you 're building. In a lot of in case a, uh, now uh, no I, I would say in most cases, there are existing solutions that you need to integrate, and this is much more valuable than developing something yourself so look for open source software there's a lot of op- great open source projects and uh, and maybe collaborate there um, would be an advice probably, and uh, it is really uh, you have to know the scope of the project and to to estimate how many days you need but you really only need a few really motivated people, I would say. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please come meet us at the makerspace right uh, after the session. I think in 15 minutes we start. And we are we are going to be at the makerspace. There's going to be a workshop, and of course our panelists uh, to answer. Uh, be maybe more precise also on, on uh, specific questions like yours. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you, all of you, for coming all the way uh, to be with us today. Great to see you and have a great final day at Republica 2017. 18! <laughs> <Thank you. laughs>